0: Welcome to Sport Faith Life. I'm Chad Carlson
1: and I'm Brian Bolt.
0: We're two guys from rival schools who came together with one common purpose to think deeply about sport and faith. We're sport scholars, we're coaches, and we're competitive athletes, or at least we were. And together we've created Sport Faith Life, a conversation that meets at the intersection of sport and faith. ever
1: wonder if Jesus played sports? Well, we do too. For these next six episodes on the Sport Faith Life podcast, Chad and I play with the idea of Jesus playing sports. We pick six sports to explore one at a time, asking ourselves, what about the sport speaks to humanity in unique ways? What are the goods inherent in the sport? We do bring a caution or two, but mainly we celebrate sport by imagining Jesus in uniform. So let's get started.
0: Well, as you heard in the intro, we're doing a series on would Jesus play a particular sport. So excited about this particular topic because I think it's it's it is it is topical and it is um, it's interesting and it's it's sort of a, it's a lay topic for us, right? So it speaks to I think audiences in a, in a broad range. We're really excited about getting into this, and in fact, we're not the first ones to be talking about to speculate on whether Jesus would engage in particular types of culture. Scholars have done this for hundreds of years but really excited about this particular series that we're doing. The sport today, Brian, what are we on to today?
1: We are on distance running. I who selected these sports? Unbelievable. I distance know. running. Uh, <laughs> I, I Okay, I, I don't want to offend people right out of the gate, but, but certainly, man, there's a certain set of folks that really get into distance running.
0: And it's neither of the two of us.
1: Uh, I'm going to have to say, no, um, I, I am going to draw on some of my own running experiences. Uh, I, I do think that that helps me understand it. And I know a lot of runners and I talk to runners and I, I know people that, that make a living actually producing races or, or, uh, administrating races. And so I have a lot of, uh, good interactions with those folks, but, um, it's a different, it's a different crowd.
0: Yeah. Tons of respect. Tons of respect for him, for uh, sure.
1: Absolutely. Tons I of respect. So this will be great. Um, I mean, there's a lot of things Jesus would do that I can't relate to. So uh, this is maybe another one. We'll see.
0: Well, this is good. So we we, we have our, our reasons here, right? We have our, our three three reasons for why Jesus would participate in distance running. I think that's the term, right? You don't really play distance running. So we'll just say participate in distance running as like something that that one would do regularly. And then one reason why Jesus might not participate in distance running. Brian, are you going to kick us off? you want to, you want to offer? Yeah,
1: sure. I'll go first. Yeah. I'll I'll give you my first one. And uh, I had some fun kind of drawing these together. So we'll see where they go. My first uh, reason that Jesus would participate in distance running is I'm going to use just sort of the, the colloquial term is the runner's high. Mm. So, i have run enough i have run distances of between 10 and 15 miles is, is my kind of longest distances i've run uh and the the runner's high uh, i've experienced it's extremely elusive or at least it was for me but i've experienced it and when it was happening i kind of looked back and i said wow that was it um it is hard to explain what's happening to yourself and your body uh, for me, it, the time of day that I would run was, um, it seemed to bring it on more than others. And if I would go at night or in the dark, uh, for some reason, my inhibitions were down a bit, maybe, you know, you're always worried about what you look like when you're running. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, each time these weren't particularly in races, but I was, uh, pr- trying for a time. So I would say that I was racing something. I was racing myself, maybe in in some ways. So uh, for sure, that that idea, that feeling, that euphoric sense. And I'm going to say this. I think there are uh, Bartlett Giamatti, the former commissioner of baseball, talked about this condition of paradise or these glimpses of paradise that feel like moments of grace that God has given us to sort of invade our normal earthly lives here where we get a taste of heaven and runners high, I think can fall into the category of a glimpse of paradise. It's this moment, this threshold and you know, runners high is not, not ambling along slowly. The pace picks up and you are pushing it and you can feel your body just flowing. Uh, and, the thoughts that are in your head, just clarify. Uh, It's just a fantastic feeling. And uh, I wish my knees would allow me to go chase it again. But at this point, I'm I'm kind of stuck. I I think that a feeling of great efficiency, great exhilaration. I I imagine, you know, in the beginning was the word. And Jesus, at the moment of creation, was potentially feeling creation high. Uh, Just that, that moment of great, creativity and, and efficiency. So there, there you go. Runner's high.
0: Yeah. When you talk about like Jesus experiencing a high, like that takes on a whole new meaning, right? So oh I mean, the goodness. runner's high is what like, have I said? yeah, there are, there are physiological, uh, adip- sure. you know, evidence that, that we experience a high. And there's some emotions that come along with it, but man, you know, Jesus being the, the transcendent, the God two in one. Um, yeah, that, that high that that's interesting. That's interesting. And I would say that's been an elusive thing for me too, but I haven't, uh, again, ha- not having to run much, I yeah, experiencing that high, I have to take others' word for it that, that that's there, but I, I don't doubt that it is.
1: I don't want to go into other sports too much, but I think you know I've played enough pickup basketball as well and or or uh, competitive basketball where and you I know you have, so I'm choosing that where everything seems to flow. You're in that flow zone. And I think there are parallels there. Um, Runners high is a little bit different and is talked about a little differently, but I think there are some parallels there.
0: Yeah, oh, that's great. I like that. That's uh, so. Why don't you
1: give? Yeah, yeah. Why don't you give us your first one?
0: Have you sure? Before I do, have, um, so maybe for our listeners, I mean, one of the one of the things about Grand Rapids, Michigan, where you live, Brian, is that it it hosts every every spring. Uh, I think the the largest twenty five k, that's fifteen mile race in, maybe even in the world. I think, mm-hmm. but it's called the Riverbank Run. Is this what you're talking about with some of the experiences you've had between ten and fifteen miles?
1: Have well, that? sort of. I have trained for it twice, uh, but it just didn't fit my schedule, and I didn't. <laughs> didn't but fit I, your I,
0: schedule, I, yeah. Okay. Meaning
1: uh, there was. Meaning? I, I can't even remember why I, I. I never signed up for it, right? So I looked. I said I didn't do it, but I. I said I'm going to train for this. I also trained for a uh, triathlon once that I didn't enter. So I, I, this is a whole nother psychological problem. But uh, yeah, so I maybe I enjoy the training. I don't know, but I. I did those things, and I've never uh, signed up for the, uh, the fifth, third run or whatever it's called now.
0: The the dog ate your registration, right? Just like the dog eats your, eats the homework.
1: I didn't, I never got my (laughs) homework to the finish line. That's exactly right.
0: Yeah. Well, good, good on you for, for even training for that. That's the hard part, right?
1: So I have gone those distances, but for some reason, um, yeah, didn't, didn't go.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, let me, um, let me give my first, first reason here why Jesus would participate in, long distance running, I think it's, it maybe gets at a similar sentiment to yours, but not, not exactly. Um, I, I, saw a t-shirt that one of my friends in high school wore, and this is a friend that was on the cross country team. So the, the running team that said, our sport is your sports punishment. And that, that's always resonated with me that that's, that's kind of the case. And now we don't, you know, generally trends in physical education and sport is that we don't punish people by making them run. That just, there's, there's a lot of evidence that that's just not not optimal in terms of getting people to, to behave correctly. That it also casts running in a negative light. And so our sport is your sport's punishment is interesting. And, and in my mind, there's something about that. There's something about stepping into something that is difficult, challenging, demanding, oftentimes seen as punishment. You know, Jesus took on the ultimate punishment, right? There, there's no two ways about that, that, uh, death on the cross was was the ultimate punishment the ultimate sacrifice in some ways and so um i see running specifically distance running as an exercise in pain punishment and sacrifice and 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 those who do it and do it regularly seem to be doing it not out of a sort of a sadistic mindset but do it because they've found great joy and freedom within this experience that to so many people feels like pain torture punishment sacrifice so since Jesus is the ultimate at at sacrifice and the ultimate took on the ultimate punishment. Uh, it seems like running would be something that would have some, some parallels or something that would, would make some sense. Like, you know, why would I, why would I put myself through this running a long distance for a long period of time if I don't have to? And, and as, as we talked about in our last episode related to, uh, you know, gratuitous lodge that you mentioned, uh, within soccer, well, that's, you know, and running, that's that's all too obvious as well. And there's a, there's a punishment, there's a sacrifice. You're doing something that you don't have to do, and you're doing it for hours on end and thinking about that. So, we have this uh, prominent psychology professor here at Hope College, and he will often choose to work out and he chooses to play pickup basketball, even into his 70s, um, instead of, you know, running or doing some cardio some, you know, running distances, which he knows would be a more efficient workout. Uh, he'd get done faster. And I asked him one day why he chooses basketball uh, instead of running. And he said, when I run, what I'm thinking about the entire time when I'm running is how tired I am. When I play basketball, what I'm thinking about is how to stop my opponent, how to score on my opponent. And so I think the idea is that running offers a a lot of time to sort of reflect on the physical demands of that, which makes it even more difficult, right? So part of the distance running, part of why that's oftentimes been a punishment for other sports, is that when you're running, what you're thinking about is how how tired you are and and how much pain and punishment you're experiencing. So uh, you know Jesus was the ultimate in being able to do that.
1: You have said a lot there. I mean, i I think of I think of Jesus choosing to run uh, as a parallel really, to his other choices, to be able to walk into difficult circumstances and experience physical pain. I can imagine me not signing up for a marathon, which I didn't do, obviously, you brought that up, thanks. <laughs> <coughs> um, pardon me. The, and, and thinking, let, let this cup pass from me, right? This, this is not something I voluntarily want to do. That there is this, uh, this sense that um, I'm walking into pain in, in, in many ways without being forced, right? Without being forced into pain. You brought up running being used as a punishment, right? It, it is that sort of physical uh, exertion, that physical pain that uh, is meant as a motivator, right? And it's an avoidance motivator, right? It's that kind of thing that I will do what you want me to do just to avoid this, this awful thing. So I think that there's um, – I can imagine um, Jesus getting um, some of that parallel, some of that connection through the sport of running, being able to figure, you know, this is, this is in some ways a preparation. Uh, um, and it might not be a physical preparation. It might just be a mental toughness preparation, right? And <laughs> we use – Yeah. And we're used running for that actually. And that's a, and so I'm going to, I'm actually going to move on to mine as well, because I think it's almost the same thing. Um, and you brought up, you started to bring up Paul there and I would think that Jesus would, uh, participate in running. And I just said for the power of the analogy. So Mm. in some ways, uh, we know that Paul uses, uh, sport. He uses, uh, running particularly, uh, as an analogy, and there are a handful of key areas where that's done in the New Testament. He refers back over and over again to this idea of being an athlete. and the parallels or the connections or the analogy that has to the Christian life, right? to following Jesus, to the hard walk of following Jesus, right? So there are a number of different parallels, and people have done great jobs sort of unpacking these, but but certainly the idea of preparation and training. Uh, connects to that, but also even the competitiveness, like run as if you're going to win the race, right? So that run in the way that you need to, to win the race. And so somewhere in there is a sense that there is a comparative element. Um, There is something that I have to achieve. I have to get past. And, and I do think that uh, pain, right? So pain is a, is a big thing used to sort of compare I, I often refer to this as a golf coach that, you know, because uh, when we get to golf, I'm sure we'll talk about this, but I always say it's uh, 40 or 50 college guys having a bad day, right? So if you go out and watch a golf tournament, there's there's not a lot of smiles on people's faces, right? After shots, it's just the look of disappointment, maybe anger, Right. Very rarely is somebody like, man, I just hit the perfect shot. Right. It happens, but uh, it's people having a bad day and they all walk off thinking, man, I, I just didn't do what I thought I could do. It's just really interesting. And so I call it more of a completion sport. So it's really kind of running the gauntlet and running is running the gauntlet. Distance running is, is running the gauntlet. Right. It is finding a way to complete something and The interesting thing is that that particular completion is satisfying enough to go through everything else that went before it. And that is a great analogy that, you know, that that moment of completion has such a level of satisfaction that that we're willing to endure the pain and the time and everything else that went with it. So very similar to kind of, I think the way that you came at it in terms of, uh, this idea of pain and parallel.
0: Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. You, you talk about the, the, you know, the finish line for the running analogy, right? That, that, that there is a, a, you run to win the race, you win the race by crossing the finish line before others, but crossing the finish line is part of the analogy as well, right? So you, you cross the finish line and your existence does not end there your existence continues and it in the christian faith there is a physical death that is a a finish line but it's 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 maybe it but then that's not the end of of one's existence right that that uh get back that, up and keep going you yeah. back up and keep going you move on to you know to, to paradise or whatever else so oh that's great yeah that that is yeah there's there's some parallel there that's that's good that's um we're thinking on the same lines i think
1: that's we are i think we are so let me pull us off there should i go to my third one well, can I do my second one first? Oh, sorry, am I not, am I not allowed to? Do you get this three? is a jump I don't start, know. Yeah, wow. <laughs> I was thinking you get two, I get three. You
0: know. <laughs> Maybe just because I talk so much. But do you want to go with your third? If, if that one. <laughs> no, no, no,
1: no, no, You, you, you're, you're correct. Number two for you. Wow.
0: Number two. I'm going to pull in some scripture too. Uh, you, Excellent. you talked about Paul and his analogies and. Um, but I'm gonna talk a little bit broader than that. I think Jesus would participate in distance running uh, because of the history that he was so well aware of. Uh, there is some history of certainly ancient Greeks, you know, for instance, running, um, and, and whether Jesus was well-versed in ancient Greek culture is probably, I don't know, I, I, would, I would probably say that wasn't like the, a main focus of, of whatever studies he, he had, but he certainly was aware of the history of his people. God's chosen people, the cool, Jews. And they had a very prominent runner, ultra distance runner. I'm not sure if you know about that, but uh, the prophet Elijah. I'm going to go with Elijah, right? Yeah. Uh, tuck, Elijah. Your,
1: tuck your cloak into your belt and
0: uh, off you go down the mountain. Down the mountain. And the mountain, I mean, going from the top of Mount Carmel down to Jezreel, that's 50 kilometers. That's, a, that's beyond a marathon. That's a long race. So I think there would have been something about the legacy there. Jesus was, uh, you know, as king of the Jews, was you know, very, very well versed. Again, as a rabbi, he, he knew the history. He knew all of that. And, and that mattered to him. That meant something to him. And so to see, I, I think, the fact that Elijah, who we know as a prophet, and also happened to do this unbelievable feat of, of endurance, you know, in the name of God and God's people, um, I think, I, I guess I could see Jesus as someone like that, you know, like someone that would just be able to, like if he needed to run 50k down a mountain to beat a chariot with King Ahab or another king, sure. he, he would have been able to do it. You know, people have been like, oh, my gosh, it's unbelievable. That's amazing, right? Clearly, he could do anything. But I think, you know, that's just an, an impressive thing to be able to do. And it, those, those are the distance runners that I'm impressed with, uh, the people that I know today that just can kind of just kind of at all times they're just prepared. They can just just knock it out whenever they need to because they're always prepared like that. It seems like Elijah was maybe like that um, as as a way to protect himself and God's people, was able to do this unbelievable feat. Jesus knows that, and I think Jesus would be would say, "Yeah, that's that's a there's a really cool element of of the Jewish history there."
1: I love that you brought up Elijah. I mean, I, 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 well, first of all, Elijah has to be the goat of of prophets, yeah. right? Yeah. Yes,
0: absolutely. I mean,
1: absolutely. the 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 amazing things in Elijah's life, right? So the the widow and the oil, the You know, the moment, probably the most competitive, openly competitive moment on Mount Carmel, like me versus, or my God versus your God, right? Your gods. And he's Uh, trash talking, right? And and the trash talk, that's right. Maybe maybe your God's on the toilet. Who knows, right? That's
0: right. What what a line. What a great line.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I'm so glad you brought up Elijah. I mean, that's, you know, running down that hill, uh, amazing. He was really, he was in the middle of runner's high, I'm sure, coming off Mount Carmel. But even from there, I think uh, it, that some of the parallels that we've talked about, too, kind of continue on. His, his life wasn't lived, you know, in a, stra- a straight ascending line. You know, moments later, he was fleeing for his life from Jezebel and, and wanted to die. Um, so this idea that, that uh, the Christian life really is, is going to be a life of dependency, right? This, this idea that God's going to give you those moments, the power that you need in the moment. And if we get too far away from the vine, the power just goes away. And, and I think, uh, Elijah tells us that story over and over again. And, and I love that. Uh, I, I look for, especially in the old Testament, those, you know, we're, we're PE guys. We're, we're, you know, we're people that think about the body that, and, and, you know, and, uh, Jacob wrestling with God, you know, mm-hmm. those sorts of things to me that just the embodiment, the physical aspects mm-hmm. that are described in the, in both the old and new Testament, just are, are great ways to remember our embodiment, right? Just to remember that we're mm-hmm. whole people and we experience this life in these, in these jars of clay. Um, so just fun stuff. Yeah. I love it. That's great. I, I, I think I'm going to get an Elijah Jersey. I, I think that would be, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think I'd probably get one of those on, uh, you know, on Amazon, yeah, On That'd Amazon, be, I bet. Sure. Probably that be a good sense. idea. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, hey, you're going to take us to mile three now. Okay.
1: While three. Uh, all right. So I'm going to, I'm going to get us away from that thought and go to an entirely different thing, which is something that you clearly pointed out. I have not participated in, but I've, I've been there on the side. So these big marathon, like type events, right? They happen all over the world, New York City, Boston. But then I was in, you know, I i, I was in France and I got caught up in a, uh, I was in Paris, the Paris marathon and uh, couldn't cross the street for a long, long time. It was really fun. Uh, so I, I, what I love about that is really the power of just random encouragement. Um, it's interesting to me that, You don't know anyone running and yet you're cheering them on, right? There's some solidarity with the runner. There's some uh, benefit to this general cheer that moves people along. And we talk a lot about this in Christian community, but it's really just the power of presence, right? The power of being there for someone, not knowing exactly what to say in every moment, right? But your actual presence is an encouragement and we talk about that over and over again Uh, Jesus moved from place to place to place because he wanted to connect with people physically right he wanted to uh, I know Paul sent a lot of letters but Jesus walked to places uh, and and would be physically present with the group and uh, you know the crowds would gather and that sense of being together was an encouragement Uh, So I I, I like that idea. If you've ever seen a parent or family member attending their child's cross-country race, what you'll see is the parent will get the same workout as the child. Because what they're trying to do is get as many moments as they possibly can to see them run. And, of course, the cross-country race goes all, you know, through this wide open space. And you can't run with the the runner, you're just not fast enough, you can't keep up. So you cut across, right? And you kind of know the route and you run to get there. And you get there just in time, just in time to say their name. And then you start running again. Right. You say their name. Yeah, keep going. And so that little moment of presence I think is really important. It just reminds me uh the power of encouragement.
0: Love that. It's almost a, a Barnabas like sport, right? Barnabas is the son of encouragement. Running hmm. Distance running seems to be a community built on encouragement. Love that. Love that. Yeah. Um, surprisingly, maybe not surprisingly, my third is something similar.
1: Oh wow. Okay.
0: Yeah. We were we were thinking similarly here. This is, so. this is good. And the way I, I phrase it is that that distance running is an individual sport, but it's also a communal experience. Hmm. And I think there's something that's fitting in terms of uh, our our faith journeys there, that there's something very individual about this, about the relationship with Jesus Christ, just like there's something very individual about one's performance in a a distance race, for instance. But you're also surrounded by a community, and it's important to be a part of community in order to uh, allow you to flourish within the individual tasks that you have there. And so I'm thinking about so many running clubs in my area and i know that my area isn't unique i'm thinking about the ways in which you describe brian the races where you show up and you encourage people that you don't even know you cheer for them that's just kind of in the water so to speak Um, but there's something that's really cool about that it's the individual who's who has to do something who has to do that thing but there's a community of believers so to speak a community of encouragers that will help in uh in that so you know in our in our faith journeys we need to we need to do certain things individually. We need to have that right relationship. We need to do a, a, a spiritual disciplines, those types of things. But we're part of the body, the body of, of believers, the body of, of Christ. And so, I think that's an analogy that's really fitting too. And it's a different analogy from what you you mentioned. You know, relates to the analogies used in the New Testament. But I think there's something really parallel there as well, individual but also communal. And I just love that about the distance running culture. I really enjoy Brian going to going to races. And I haven't been to a lot of them. I've been to the Boston Marathon a few times to encourage friends who've been running. I've been to this, this popular 25K in Grand Rapids, Michigan annually. I've, I've, like you, have found myself on the roadside uh, when there are other events going on. And there's just something that's uplifting about the encouragement to watch individuals doing certain things that I know not a bit about and to be able to encourage them along and feel inspired myself as that as that happens. There's something about the that the paradox of the individual event within sort of this, this community of support.
1: Yeah. And I think, um, you talked you kind of ended that by talking about that community of support, but I think too, to even extend this, and I think you started to get there, the, this idea that often it, it is an individual sport, but sometimes it is a team sport, right? So like a cross country team, or you may even sign up with a fellow runner or two, to participate in a distance race and that whole idea of running in a pack and running and being encouraged and running alongside i think has great power uh very rarely does you know two two people have the same gait, right the same speed the same mile time and yet it's worth it for one to hold back so that you can stay together and and truthfully in team cross country as well they often run in packs so that certain ones can break out at certain times but if they run in a pack there's more strength in that pack mm-hmm. uh, so I do I do think there's it's an interesting blend of you know Jesus doing uh the work that he is sent to do but he decides to do it in a group of of 12 others right I mean you would think that maybe and they were in many ways frustrating to him right they couldn't catch on and asked a lot of questions that they you know they shouldn't be asking and uh, were sometimes jostling for power and all of that stuff. And you think, you know, I don't need you guys. Uh, I can do this alone. But it, it, instead, uh, he decided to walk through his ministry in community like that, in that sort of small group community. And I do think that there are some parallels there to to distance running. So, yeah, I love that one. That was great.
0: We had, I, uh, a couple of years ago, a couple of Hope professors decided they were going to run a marathon together and and did so. But their main goal in doing this was, so they weren't going very fast. They're not mm-hmm. They're not fast runners, but they put a lot of time into it, and it was clearly something meaningful to them. But their whole thing was that they were going to have deep intellectual conversation with each other throughout the entire time in hopes that other runners would be uh, inspired mm-hmm. or at least distracted who were going alongside them that entire time. And they said they actually had that, where people that would run along with them for miles on end and sometimes participate in the conversation, other times just listen. And In that way, sort of that was their their inspiration to others, their encouragement to others. Listen to us, let your mind be distracted from the pain that you're feeling, and then continue on.
1: Folks, if you think runners are an odd bunch, college professors are an odd bunch, right? They're all all get together and have deep intellectual conversations so people can overhear us while we're while we're running down the street. Yeah. It was no. it was not
0: the most modest goal that they had, <laughs> but I think there was something that was really actually helpful about that. It actually did yeah. work. Um, yeah. So yeah. So we're there. We're at mile three. We've got we are
1: and we're 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 at the point that uh we've we've I think we've come up with some of course we're patting ourselves on the back here, but some really good stuff, right so i I think that that's been fun last time I think uh I went first in the reason maybe Jesus would not participate in distance running, so I'm gonna let you go first um and let me know what would be the one detraction one the one reason that you thought you know maybe Jesus would not spend his time doing this,
0: yeah. So um, my reason has to do with the word callous, and hmm. um, one of the things that one of our previous guests on this podcast, Scott Kretschmer, talks about in, in one of his books is moral callous as being uh, parallel to physical callous. Moral callous are, are what happens when we hear things that should bother us over and over again. But it no longer does bother us. If you watch the nightly news on television every night and you hear bad things happening every day and you you get morally callous, that is, you don't want to step into those problems because you hear about them over and over again to the point where it doesn't even register with you that bad things are happening and that good people need to step into problems to make sure they're not as bad. Um, runners experience physical callous on their feet and and that's a... a physical callus does the same thing that moral callus does, right? So it, it prevents us from feeling pain. And this can be a good thing at times so that runners can get through long races, but it can also be a bad thing at times when callus get too thick and you can no longer feel what you should be feeling. That is major pain. And so I think there's a caution when stepping in a distance running that would have to do with physical callus that I think also is, is not dualistically separate from moral callus. I think that that there, There's a worry that uh, for someone like Jesus, who did so much of his work in an itinerant way, mm-hmm. that is moving place to place, uh, Aristotelian scholars would call it like peripatetic, right? So you're, you're doing philosophy while talking to someone on the move, you're moving. And Jesus did so much of his work moving from one place to the next or walking alongside disciples, walking in a crowd, those types of things. And so, if you know, if he were to have the callus built up on his feet that a runner would have, he might not be able to empathize with those who are trying to walk alongside him quite as well because he's got callus and isn't feeling what others would be feeling. So that's sort of a physical thing. I think also there's this moral corollary here um, that certainly we don't want to feel moral callus as well. But I think the worry of building up callus means that we are at a, we're in a different way. So runners are in a different, they're in a different stratosphere in some ways and the pain that their feet go through it's just normal for them. They've got callus built up. They understand that. And so if someone new steps in and wants to do what they do, they're going to experience more pain than the veteran runner would because they've built up the physical callus. And, and I think there's a difficulty there empathizing with others, especially those who are different from oneself, if you have the callus. And I think Jesus might be a little bit concerned about building up callus in a way that would prevent him from feeling what others would feel who are around him.
1: It was definitely a mark of Jesus' life that his empathy seemed to be ready, right? Mm-hmm. It, it seemed to be that he could walk into a new community and just realize where nobody else did. Look, everybody's hungry. And um, I can do something about that, right? Um, and he, he experienced the loss and the difficulty and, and the frustration of people just sort of naturally. Found a way to speak to it. And found a way to to live alongside it, and I think uh, what you're getting at with callus there, uh, uh, I, the parallel that somehow, um, perhaps this activity, perhaps um, the building up of calluses can can shut you off to the world, right? And uh, Jesus would anything but shut off to, to, the, to the to the to the people around him. No, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. I, I don't know that I went as deep as you on mine, so I guess we'll just end on on that note. but uh, uh, it, it, I am gonna I had a couple in mind, but I think I'll just go with this one because it, it sort of uh, connects with yours and it does have to do a little bit with a personal story. I mentioned that that uh, I have run, and now I don't, right? I have to find different ways to get exercise. And it's the most efficient way to run. You lace up your or to exercise. You lace up your sneakers and you go. Uh, I can't anymore because of the wear and tear. And so I guess I think of sort of the long journey of life. And I think of the wear and tear, the slow wear and tear that comes. Callous in many ways is a good thing because you can continue on because of that callous. Mm-hmm. But uh, the, the wear and tear of joints, the wear and tear of, of road running um, has limited the number of options that I have later in life. And maybe the, the amount of service I can do later in life. And we, this is not exclusive to running. This is, ex, this is, uh, other things that are involve uh, really disproportionate bodily use, right? Just disproportionate damage. Uh, and so the, it's one of those things that, that I often think about too. And, and I made the conscious decision, um, maybe I think about 10 years ago that I can keep going, but my joints won't last as long. So I decided that, uh, I want, I want my knees to last longer. Right. And, and it's one of those things where I think we constantly have to, we don't like to think about things like that, where maybe our, um, our interest turns into an obsession and, and then we, we find ways to rationalize away the damage of our obsession. And so I would just say that, um, running like other things can lead to, uh, you know, something that was a passion turns into an unhealthy obsession and, uh, can have damage. Yeah.
0: I'm assuming that there weren't quite as many knee replacement surgeons, in jesus time as there are today so that would have been a difficult one right i think I mean,
1: luke i think luke was an orthopedic <laughs> surgeon right um did a lot of uh acls and uh i think um tommy john surgeries yeah
0: you know there's something to be said for for absolutely that you know uh, there's there's a, a purity emotionally i think re- related to running there, there's something so pure about that but from a physical perspective you know i i think i heard one time and maybe this is just um uh, a, a rumor that's, that's come about, but I don't know if there's any scientific background. But that if you run a if you run a marathon, the toll it takes on your body, the stress it takes on your body, is the equivalent of if you were to jump out of the sixth floor of a building hmm. and, la- and land on the ground. That's how much. If you sort of took every stride you take and the the g forces that come down on that stride on your legs, and you multiplied that by how many steps it takes you to, to run 26 miles, hmm. that would be the equivalent. That's a whole lot of stress. Oh my. And, a whole lot of stress that could be avoided if you just said, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to actually run the race. So maybe Brian, you're training and then not actually running the races is is a virtuous decision.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Yes. I was headed toward virtue there that I appreciate you endorsing that and cheering me on. That's fantastic. Yeah. So I think, um, this one I thought was going to be a challenge going in, but uh, I enjoyed it. Now, uh, I will encourage our listeners, the last, uh, the last one we did was soccer. And uh, the people that we know that, that uh, participate in soccer reached out to us and uh, gave some feedback. So that was kind of fun. Uh, so uh, I'm sure we got a lot wrong here. So runners out there, uh, distance runners, give us, uh, set us straight. We would love to have uh, your opinion as you talk through, um, uh, or maybe just kind of get us going on the right path. Thanks for listening to the Sport Faith Life podcast. Find previous episodes at sportfaithlife.com and on Apple Podcasts. We're releasing each episode with a blog post authored by our guests, so you can find the blog for this podcast and other posts at the same website, sportfaithlife.com.